This is Mouth Media Network, audio for business. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fashion Is Your Business. I'm your host, Mark Rako, and I'm so pleased to be joined by the two other original uh, hosts of Fashion Is Your Business, Pavan Ball. Hey, Pavan. Hey, what's happening, Mark? What's going on? <laughs> hey, hey. And also, returning to the mic after a long hiatus, but here he is. Uh, again, uh, an original host of Fashion Is Your Business. We put the band back together, everybody, for one time only, Rob Sanchez. Hey, Rob. Hey, y'all. How's it going? Hey. So, a Puppet is recording from uh, a shared house in Long Island. I, I'm in uh, Upper Manhattan, and Rob is from Portland, Oregon. So, uh, such a difference from the very first show we did where we were all together in one room, and here we are in three different locations. The realities of 2021, huh? Yeah, Mark, also the equipment's a lot lighter. I don't know if you remember, but we used to lug about 75 pounds of equipment through FIDI uh, just to yep. set up for recordings. No <laughs> kidding. We will get to that, absolutely. This is a very, very sort of monumental and special episode where everybody, we're so glad you're here with us because we're going to look back. Uh, over the last six and a half years, we've recorded this show uh, from how it came together to the adventures we've had, what it's built, and where we are at the moment. We're going to take a look forward uh, as to maybe where the show might go after this episode and also uh, deal with the elephant in the room, which happens to be that this is my last show as a host of Fashion Is Your Business. From New York City. You are listening to Fashion Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the fashion industry. So, uh, so Bombshell, Bombshell, last show for me. I'm sorry, everybody, but uh, I am going to be moving on from Mouth Media Network uh, to another opportunity. It's, very, it's, a, it's a very emotional thing, but uh, one of the hardest uh, things about it is to, uh, to not do fashion as your business anymore on a weekly basis. Uh, so we thought a great way to kind of wrap things up is to take a look back and then take a look forward. So uh, maybe we could start, Pavan and Rob, by talking about how we even got involved with the show in the first place. How did this even happen? It, it really started with you. You and Pavan, right, Rob? Yeah, yep. Yeah, I think I was leaving Manufacture New York and I was talking with Pavan about rebuilding my network a little bit, if I remember right. I mean, it's been a long time. <laughs> um, and uh, we'd already been talking about doing a, a podcast. I think we had um, American Fashion Podcast was running at the time and it, it was like, oh, that, this is a really good medium for meeting people and, and building relationships. Um, both of us had a community and, um, yeah, it just made a ton of sense. Pav, I wonder on your side, what it was like. Yeah. I mean, uh, at that point, I think we started, what, what year did we start fashion as your business? It was Jan, like seven years ago, right? It was six and a half years ago. So it would have been, uh, six years ago last year. So 2014. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point I had, um, been cultivating a community for a number of years called open source fashion uh which rob of course you were uh active in um and uh yeah i guess uh, you had come up to me with with this idea of starting a podcast as a way to kind of 
profile some of the folks that are in our collective networks, but then also use it as a tool to extend outward and then, of course, have uh, the media almost as a byproduct of, you know, getting the right folks in the in the room with us. Um, and, that, and that's kind of how the genesis of it all started. I mean, at that point, I was doing almost monthly, if not bi-monthly gatherings yeah, of, of right. thought leaders, right, around different content strategy for 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 retailers within fashion and beauty. So it made nat- uh, perfect sense to me. I just had no idea how to do it. And, you know, lo and behold, I think um, from what I remember, you had like this opportunistic meeting randomly yeah, a, with Mark. Uh, Michael Roderick dinner. Week. Yeah, Michael Roderick yeah. Super Connector had a dinner, uh, uh, you know, invited dinner for different people and uh, happened to the kind of thing where you kind of go around the table, you kind of rotate through different people, if I remember. And Rob was one of the people I got to speak with. And Rob's like, oh, so you do podcasting. How interesting and timely. <laughs> yeah. What, what are you and doing? Then, like, within, a, within a week, within like a week yeah. or two, right? Like we were basically logging so, equipment through FIDI, as I mentioned it, earlier. And I know. It was so cool. But, but I'll tell you a funny, uh, kind of a funny story. I don't know if I've ever mentioned to you, Pavan, but... um. Uh, when Rob and I, we said, okay, let's have a call. So um, I think I was about to uh, come down and meet Rob for the first time to talk yep. seriously about this. And I was talking to him on the phone as I was heading down saying, hey, I'm running a couple minutes behind or, or how do I get to see you when I, when I get off the train or something like that. And I actually got attacked um while i was on the street it was the night before halloween and it was mischief night and there were probably about 70 or 80 teenagers at this one street corner and they started throwing eggs and oranges at me just randomly because i just have to be a guy walking down the street and it got so bad eventually someone ended up coming up to me and punching me in the face and police came and all that while stuff. i was on the phone with them yep. yeah yeah Exactly. So I heard the whole thing. <laughs> it was really horrible. Uh, yes. And I'm making light of it now. It was actually a really traumatic night. But so we had to delay our meeting a little bit. But so but we we triumphed. We pushed through. We still made it happen in spite of the universe conspiring. But um, and then I uh, anyway, so we we ended up having our first recording at your brother's office. No, oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. No. Say, say media. Oh, yes. The pilot. It was. Yeah. It yep. was. So the pilot was there. And then, yes. yeah, we, we did WeWorks after that. That's right. So we did a pilot where we didn't have a guest. It was just us talking, getting used to being on the mic. And then, and then we had a record our, uh, and, and Rob was actually going to be like the, the moderator, the driver of, of the show. We kind of figured out maybe a different equation worked. So we tried me out as the moderator and it kind of ended up working. And our first guest, do you remember who our first guest was, Rob? Was it Maddie Maxi? Yeah, Maddie Maxi. Madison Maxi. Um, yeah. From uh, what was the name of her company? Uh, well, now at the she time. Lumia, or yeah, it, uh, it pivoted into Lumia. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was a great conversation, and uh, and uh, then then like you said, we moved over to uh, to borrow WeWork conferences from WeWork members, right? Pretty yeah, much. No, yeah. It was, the, it was the, no. It was the uh, the Broadway location I worked at, Twenty Broadway or whatever it was, Charging Bull. Okay. Yep. Yeah, we were down there for quite a while, and then um, we started hopping from uh, WeWork to WeWork later. So, 
So let me paint the picture for you for those who have come into fashion and business later in the in the this was an absolute ragtag gypsy operation in the beginning because we were literally meeting after work or whatever we were doing in the I actually had like a regular day job and we would meet in the evening whatever we work we were going to be in uh carrying i think uh our uh colleague charles beckwith who hosts american fashion podcast often showed up as well to engineer or something and had there was this big massive board, board. massive yeah. so soundboard. we, so we had to keep it dude we had to keep that fucking board over at diddy's place so my my now wife then girlfriend's right. place that lived like three blocks or four blocks away we would yeah. all have to meet there just to carry all this equipment together to the we work yeah it was that much we were a whole crew we were like our own roadies uh you know i mean not that we have roadies now but i'm saying we were we were we're still our own roadies i guess but and then we would set it all up and then we would record one show and then we would pack it all up and we would lug it to the subway and go our separate ways and we did this basically once a week right um and yeah. until, until uh quite some time now, Rob, talk about why we even started the show in the first place. What was the what was the 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 goal of it originally? Yeah, so I remember my goal was basically I was coming out of coming out of manufacturing New York. I had a lot of contacts, but they all knew me in that context. So for me, it was how do I have something else to build um, business relationships around? Yeah. And I, I think from really early on, our entire focus, or at least my entire focus was just like, who's the person in the room and getting to know them and really centered around how do we make a relationship with whoever's there. So that was like, that was the beat for it. Um, luckily, we had a lot of flexible people who are willing to come down to FIDI at 7 p.m. on a, yeah. <laughs> on a random night. Um and yeah, and, and just like grow and build from there. And I remember seeing really early on that it, the relationships we were getting, it was stronger even than the live events. Like at a live event, we'd meet a ton of people, but it would be a, a tenuous relationship. Like, yeah. you know, you could build it later and you could go out to coffee and all of that. But here was like best friends at the end of the night. And that was for me just like a the reason to keep it going and then over time we started to see well we could turn this into consulting um, and I, I think that was where we started thinking about professionalization is how do, how do we switch this into a consulting business yeah. and kind of grow open source fashion um, on the consulting side in a way that we hadn't done before now it's funny you talk about meeting in the evening that's actually the genesis. So uh, we haven't done it in a while, but for most of so we're, we're at about 386 episodes of this show, which has been recorded in many U.S. cities on three continents, including Australia and um, and Europe and uh, in uh, Denmark. Uh, a lot of interesting adventures along the way, which we'll talk about a bit. But one of the through lines on this show has been our snacks that our guests have brought um for hundreds of episodes and that started because of meeting in the evening at we work we never had time to have dinner we were starving so i think one time we asked someone we were fairly friendly with that was going to be a guest or one of you was fairly friendly with and said hey would you mind picking something up on the way as a snack we'll reimburse <laughs> you 
and we yeah that was a, that was a that was matt freeson oh so, it was yes yeah so yeah. so when when i hit him up i was like yo can you can you grab xyz or something like that to nosh on and he's like yeah. yeah no problem man and we that thought, just became a staple of the show right away we loved it we originally called it feed the animals yeah and uh yeah. um my crazy suggestion i guess and then we uh um i think we even had our voiceover guy uh say uh, peter coleman say uh you know it's time for feed the animals or something like that and uh, very gimmicky but anyway uh and eventually we were like you know when our guest brings a snack it's really kind of a nice equalizer it's a nice way to to break bread with them and it's a nice chance to learn something about them if if they're thoughtful about what they bring and so and over over the years some of those snacks have really been very thoughtful. We've had people bake well, cookies and well, Mark, if you remember um, the second time we ever did it, so right after Matt, we we recorded with Kay Kopowitz of Springboard mm. uh, along with Maria Gotch, who yes. uh, I believe is still the president of the New York City uh, okay. the NYC EDC, right? Okay, yeah, the Economic Development Corporation. So it was like we we were asking folks that were um to us uh quite high stature uh to to bring us um essentially <laughs> evening snacks and and morning pastries I, <laughs> so. and i and i should say that as we built other uh shows similar to fashion is your business i'm skipping ahead but uh over time uh we we've instituted the snack policy if you will or vibe into those shows too and some of the snacks that people have brought have been everything from popping popcorn in the studio to big plates of sushi to uh, cocktail hour. And ultimately, uh, skipping ahead a little bit, but our 100th show yeah. uh, was at Ben and Jack's Steakhouse, where we uh, did a really nice partnership with them in their dining room. Uh, some people may remember this show uh, with our entire team that we had at the time. Uh, and uh, a guest host, uh, Liz Basilar, and uh, and also um, and then our guest, of course, was Mazdak Rossi uh, from Milk Studios, and uh, we had steak dinners and appetizers and cocktails and the whole nine yards on the house. By the way, we started um, setting that one up. Yeah, pretty early on. I think yeah. we asked like our third guest to bring steak. <laughs> It became a running gag, right? Yeah, I was like, yeah. someday, so if we put it out to the universe, someone's just going to do it just to be sassy. And no one did. So I figured, no, nope, but we made it happen. We made no it happen for ourselves, damn it. Yeah. Um, but, That's when uh, we made it, right, Mark? That's when we were like, 100th episode, we just got a free steak dinner. We made it. <laughs> we <Yep>. thought, <laughs> there were those different moments of making it. I couldn't remember personally five different very important moments that felt like we made it and i actually would like to run through them because they were i was planning on bringing them up anyway so the steak dinner with mazdak rossi at ben and jack steakhouse definitely felt like we made it i want to point out we recorded the show at the dinner table in this private dining room oh yeah i mean you were hearing the utensils clicking around it and was stuff. it was a cool it was a cool it was little a vibe, dream day okay another was actually preceded this when we first hit number one on itunes uh, and in the exact same day, the other show that we were recording at the time, which is uh, Charles Beckwith's show, American Fashion Podcast, 
both of those shows hit number one in the fashion beauty category on iTunes in literally the same day and swapped to number one and number two slots. And that was only a few months into recording the show, I believe. Maybe four, five, six months, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was and, pretty quick. And it was just this incredible moment. We said, are you kidding me? Like we never even sought to like build this thing into like this, you know, take over the world kind of show. It was really just to meet people and just move it forward and a business development effort really. And here it is all of a sudden we hit the number one slot, both of our shows on the same day. We're like, Oh my gosh, that was number one. Then, then, then the stakes. And then the number, uh, another one was uh, Pavan, uh this moment when you were in, was it Poland? Yeah. Amsterdam? So uh, yeah, I was, um, I, I organized a, program called the global fashion battle along with startup weekend microsoft for startups google for entrepreneurs all this stuff and it took us out like the finale of this innovation event that circled around retail tech was in poland in poznan poland and um you know we were sitting at the end of like kind of like this grand reception where it had these like a multi-platform staircase and i was on one of the platforms uh, having my own conversation and uh, a colleague of mine was on another platform and i, I heard like a very frantic voice, like excited, but also frantic saying, oh my God, oh my God, are you Pavel Balov, uh, fashion is your business to a colleague of mine? And they're like, no. And of course my ears perk up. I look over, I was like, who the hell? And um, and then someone, you know, nonetheless, somebody came over who I think she's from Warsaw. And uh, she said, you know, I, I came here to Poznan four or five hours because I heard on the show that you would be here. Um, and that was incredible. That was the first time it struck me that, you know, when in having that conversation uh, with this woman, like I realized that she really felt connected to us, right? And um, and our personalities and our content and yeah. and received a lot of value out of it. And that was a moment, yeah, for sure, for me that I think I called you guys or I sent a message. It was super late, yeah. uh, my time, uh, just to like, yeah, you know, <laughs> just uh, just to make sure I, I, in the moment I told you about it, but it was, it, that was very impactful. The fact that across the world, there's people that felt so passionate about um, the content that we were putting out and the connection that they had to us individually, that they made the effort to come and see me because I was in their country, not their city, their country. And um, that was, that was unbelievable. That was really cool. That is awesome. And then uh, another one that comes to mind, which is that same thrill is uh and by the way to to our listeners we're not sitting here saluting ourselves we really just want to share with you pieces highlights of our journey that have really been meaningful and the stories behind them and one of them is when we had a chance to go down to washington dc yeah that was surreal that was amazing so we had been invited by uh, uh, uh an organization by uh kenya wiley uh what is it what is the name of that organization uh, pop in. Uh, that, um, yeah, the Fashion Innovation Alliance. I yes, believe. yes, that's it. So we had a chance to go with a, another group of people and meet with uh, in the offices of various congressional leaders to fill them in because I think they had some sort of IOT caucus going on or something. And we were there to kind of enlighten them on on the nature and the impact and the size of the fashion uh, te technology, uh, the burgeoning industry. And um, if I remember correctly, so here we were uh, two things. One is we had a chance to, to meet with um, a, a few kind of 
I think we met with a, a senator or a congresswoman. We met with uh, someone who became a good friend, uh, uh, Vikram Iyer, who at the time was the chief of staff for the uh, U.S. Patent and Trademark uh, Office. Yeah, I don't know if you uh, saw that, but, but Vikram recently moved from Postmates over to the ACLU. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, he's he's got it going on. I still think there's an even bigger future for him ahead. And he uh, and then he, um, but we got to interview him, and we got to interview a, a, a I don't remember his general gentleman's name, but Mark Jameson, Mark from Mastercard, Jameson, was yep, Mastercard? exactly right. He had so, the uh, the ring. The, the Olympic right, thing. right. So, yeah. you know, here were three, uh, we may have interviewed someone else, I don't remember, but here were three really notable people we're going to meet with. And then the next day, we actually got to go into the congressional offices and meet with members of Congress or their staffs. Uh, it was just so surreal. I remember going in and, and standing at a podium in one of their press rooms in front of a, you know, the Senate, uh, Senate podium or whatever just thinking how am i standing here it was just really <laughs> weird um but the most surreal moment of the whole thing is the organization had arranged for uh uh shared rides for us through with teslas yeah and we were we piled and, and, hold on what what year is this because tesla was like i've never even it was brand, you barely saw them around i don't remember but it was maybe 2016 maybe or 17 yeah something yeah. like that and yeah, it was pretty and, early and uh, so anyway, uh, we, we, we had learned that apparently one of the cool things they were going to be doing was playing fashion is your business through the speakers of the various Teslas because it was kind of relevant content. And we were like, that's kind of cool. So we pile into this Tesla, uh, Pavan and, and Rob and I. And as we get in, the driver realizes that he's been listening to our voices all day. And he's like, wait, you're the guys or whatever. And so he ended up playing our show through the speakers as we sat in the back seat, listening to ourselves through the speakers as this guy was a little weirdly starstruck, kind of. He was taking photos, if I remember right, of <laughs> us in the... <laughs> yeah, we're like, and we looked at each other and it wasn't like, we were absolutely not like, oh, we've arrived, we're stars. We were like, we're like these little podcasters. What the heck is going on? This is so weird. So... uh so that was a pretty interesting. And then the last one, ironically, also related to Vikram Meyer, was our first live audience show where we had a true partner. And this, in this case, it was uh, the the great audio company Sennheiser um, in their pop up store uh, in in Manhattan. You know, we had a nice live audience. We had a, a live musicians, uh, food and drink, and I remember being. Uh, in sort of this, let's call it green room. Basically, it was a closed room, maybe a storage room. I don't remember what, or demo room or something. Uh, and and we were standing there, ready to go out. You could hear the crowd out there. And we had Vikram Iyer was our guest uh, from from the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office at the time. Still, and uh, he had come to New York because we were like, we got to have another recording with you. This was the greatest. We got to do it in front of the live audience. So we did this, and. Uh, and I remember, Pubbin, you pulled Rob and I aside and said, take this moment in. This is a pivotal, important, memorable moment for us to think about. Don't let it just pass by. We all just stood there for a second with each other, present in the moment, which I think we don't do enough of. And just took it all in for a second before we went out. And it was truly, for me, I will say it was nothing short of glorious to be in front of 
dozens and dozens of people who were very excited to be there. This was right at the beginning of when we started doing live. It was not our first live audience show, but it was near the beginning of when we started doing them, certainly with partnerships. And it was, uh, did you remember that moment? Yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. of course. I mean, that was, that's cemented in my mind for sure. And yeah, to, to your point, we, that wasn't the first time we did live audience shows, but that was the first time we really professionalized it. So, you know, we, we talk about experiential, like, you know, branding and marketing. Uh, that truly was, right? We had, you know, the food and beverage going in upstairs. We had uh, live music before and after with my, my buddy Gotham Green and Nicole Maduro. And then we had a live recording of our podcast, which, you know, I'll say for all it's worth, I, I don't remember anyone, any podcaster doing live shows. Yeah, you know, we I really like I truly, that. truly feel that uh, we had encouraged uh, a lot of shows to do that. In fact, do you remember when we were at uh, Spring Plays? And I'm forgetting which recording it was, but we had the iHeart. No, um, it was the How I how it no not the how i built this team how stuff works team how stuff yeah works, yeah yeah it was the whole how stuff works team had come to check out oh. what we were doing um and that to me i was like okay this is a signal that and, and at that point we were doing it for like a year two years mm -hmm. right monthly yeah. but yeah sorry that's mark uh, not to derail too hard but no yeah, no that, no that was that was where that's where it really all began and clicked where we're like okay this is a branded experience um you know and in and quickly turned into a really thriving partnership with Sensor, where we had a studio with them. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty crazy. So let's talk about that a little bit. This this was around the time, maybe a little before this, where we really stopped ourselves and we said something's happening here. We need to start building this out. This is more than a podcast or a couple podcasts. This there's a business here. So at a certain point in time, I think we should talk about this. Um, we got together, you, you, uh, you and Pavan Rob talked and then eventually uh, approached me and said, I think there's a business here. Let's build basically a business development firm with podcasting as, as, as a significant driver of that. And over time, and that's what ultimately became mouth media network. And then over time that grew into out of a business development uh focused uh company into essentially a um an audio solutions company where at this point in time in 2021 you know we produce podcasts for other businesses and internal communication for very large brands and uh have a product out on the market to feature short audio stories uh so that businesses can connect with consumers um it's it's gone so far from from that first idea of doing a podcast, but along the way, there's been so many pieces. So there's been the live, many, many live audience shows with incredible guests uh, from Def Jam Records to Damon John and more. We're gonna talk about our guests in a second. I'd like to go through some, some, some key guests that we kind of thought about, we wanted to mention. Um, and then- I do want to throw out one other, yeah. one other moment for me that was a made it please, moment. Please, please. Um, and this was a, a little bit of a different one. At this time, we had beauty is your business yes. at the same time as fashion is your business. Um, I remember being at, it was one of, um, 
uh, one of the fashion best uh, conferences. So we were set up, we were doing a couple of recordings yeah. and um, someone came over and, and basically said, I was in the beauty industry as an I remember executive this. there. I listened to your show in the beauty industry. Um, I just switched to the fashion industry. I listened to all the back episodes of your yep. podcast and that got me my first job in fashion. I remember and it, that. Um, they basically listened to our episodes, reached out to our guests and got a job. And that was one of those moments for me where I was like, wow, we're, we're like useful for people. Yeah. Um, it's not just like, this is great content, but this is like changing people's lives content. Yup. And that was when um, uh, Pavan went and talked to um, the people for Damon John and that same, that same event. Yeah, yeah, that woman came up. That I know what time you're you're thinking about, but I know you guys were down it, in Miami. But it, yeah, in Miami, it happened again. <laughs> yeah, said, yeah. I, I actually, uh, I actually found da Damon walking out on the street, and he was kind of like on his own. And I was like, "Oh shit!" He just passed me. I was like, "Let me just say what's up." <laughs> so I kind of like uh, galvanized that relationship, and I was like, "Hey, I, I talked to Sheree inside. Um, I was like, I'm gonna hit you guys up uh, to." to figure out some sort of live recording. He's like, he didn't pay me any mind, but he's like, all right, all right, do that. <laughs> yeah. but, but I just remember being like, all right, we got to, we got to hit this from all angles and try to make something happen with Damon. And, and yeah, that was for, for me, that was surely uh, a very exciting recording uh, opening up his space. I mean, the day oh, yeah. before was, was Gary Vaynerchuk who had opened up with a, a live event yeah. uh, the day before uh, for his, uh, what was the space that he had in Midtown? Blueprint. Blueprint. Blueprint and Co. And so we were the second event uh, ever there. That to me was incredible because, you know, like, of, of course, now everybody, um, you know, watches and knows Damon from uh, Shark Tank. Uh, but of course, I've been following his his career for a very long time uh, through fashion and music and things of that nature. And uh, my, my sister came because she was a huge um shark tank fan and she brought one of her colleagues and mm -hmm. like it was just it was an incredible we had people come from several states to come to this event yeah, yeah. uh there was like 230 people in the audience or something like that yeah that was a that was a major one i remember the whole day i was just studying him right and yeah. trying to see how can i have a conversation with him that's yeah. different that's been you know that's that varies from what's been already said. And this was a different show because this yeah. this wasn't our usual three host show. This was a, a you know a fireside chat between you and and uh, and Damon, which was very unusual for our show. Yeah, I do I do look back on that quite a bit. And yeah. uh, we'll get into more guests in just a second, but just a couple of other major highlights from over the years of fashion is your business. I mean, you know, we had all these live events. I mean, many live audience events with just wonderful people, great partners, various locations. But we also, you know, we've we've partnered with major conferences around the country and, and in, in other continents, as I mentioned, recording in Atlanta, San Francisco, Austin, Vegas, L.A., Boston, Florida, more, um, you know, South by Southwest, Shop Talk, NRF, Big Show, and one of my favorites was the um it was in atlanta it was um what the heck yeah i think it was something US, east uh, uh u.s e-commerce show east or something like that something, something like that um, something like it was that. it was actually i believe it was our first away game if you will it was our first uh conference 
in no, no, no. Fa- Fashion Fest Miami was, was their it? first oh, okay. away. Yeah, for I guess sure. it was. Yeah, it was I guess it was the second. first. It was the first one I had been at. I guess maybe that's what it was. So we recorded at this conference and. Um, and, and, you know, it was very nice. We met some people that ended up being really important um, or, or had conversations with people that ended up being uh, important allies and friends over time. Uh, one, one being Brian Laney from Alert Tech, who we, we've had some, some great interactions with, uh, including recording uh, as a part built. They built their booth for NRF Big Show to include a podcast recording station. Yeah. I mean, that was just so cool. But uh, we also... Uh, were... Wait, hold on, hold on. About Brian Laney, I don't know if you guys know this, but I was uh, passing through Houston on the way to South By when I was speaking there in like 2018. Okay. And Brian took me up in his plane. Yes. Yeah. Like we went up in, a, in his Cessna. I remember like, that. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like, had I not known him from a, a podcast, <laughs> like, yeah. this, this moment wouldn't have happened. He's one of those people where sometimes I forget how I know him. And it's like, oh yeah, 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 back there. Yeah, that was was he the interview where they were tearing down everything? No, that was Scott Emmons that I was going to talk okay, about. Yeah. But but <laughs> but what happened was we met Brian Laney at that Atlanta show we were just talking about because I was you and Rob uh, Puff and Rob were off elsewhere trying to network or whatever with other people maybe get them in as a guest on the show, and while we were recording there, and I was manning our booth if you will, and this gentleman named Brian Laney kind of sauntered up and because by the way, I want to say this was one of the worst trade shows ever. Epi- epically terrible. Epically it, was, terrible. it was basically a last mile logistics and, trade show. And, and doing our podcast on the cuff for Brian Laney was a highlight of being at this thing. Sadly, maybe, but also Brian, by the way, I don't know if you remember this, but Brian went around and he started becoming like an ambassador for us. So not only did he yes. introduce us to Scott Emmons, but it was also Cody from Shopify. And that was the first time I had actually like really learned about Shopify was that program. And now I think Cody DeBacker is now, you know, leading up. I mean, he's still at Shopify from what I understand Yeah, uh, with Shopify plus, but like, I mean, we all know the the journey Shopify has taken over the last six years since we've interviewed them. So I'd actually be really curious to to go back to that interview to see like what their business model was and what we had talked about uh, at those early stages. Now I will point out uh, when we interviewed Scott at this Atlanta thing, it was the last interview of the show. They were literally dismantling the show around us with noise and clanking and drilling and dropping things as we tried to conduct this interview. It was actually quite hilarious. Uh, and, and he still remembers that to this day. Uh, that, that for me was a highlight of that trip. That and there was a furry convention at my hotel. <laughs> I remember that. Oh my God, there was. <laughs> there was a furry convention. That was crazy. I just walk out of the elevator. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> that was a highlight also. Anyway, so we uh, that was really cool. And um, uh, Pavan, you know, we both of us have gotten to go to Sydney and record with uh, online retailer and, and Nora Network out there. Uh, and of course, we we got introduced to that group by meeting Paul Greenberg from uh, the Nora Network at the time in in Sydney, while you and I were in Copenhagen, uh, recording for Shop Talk Europe. Um, yep, which was a really interesting experience too. Just to I, t- I tell you what, there's something about traveling with someone to another co- another continent. It's a very bonding experience. And then I think uh, that leads me to sort of the final big 
monumental thing that we've done over the time of recording our podcast. And that was to go from uh, gypsies in various uh, WeWork conference rooms to actually building our very first studio. Now we kind of went from co-working space to co-working space ourselves. Uh, we even were uh, given a little space from a good friend in his office. So our first was then um, the office shared office with Stylytics where Rohan. That's it. That yeah. So Ro Rohan yeah. um, Duskar, he, he, he essentially was just like, look, I have extra space over here. We have a lease in Midtown. Um, if you guys want to record out of here, it's kind of a win-win because then I'll get yeah. to meet some of the relationships and just generally helping us out. So we, we kind of squatted in his, um, in his yeah. office that, that, yeah, had the dart room. It, it had the conference room where we recorded out of. Yeah, that was, that was fantastic. I, I guess, remember yeah. it as that was the place where we came up with the idea of the consulting of on air. Well, well, that was also the, that media, was, but yeah. So yeah. we, we, so yeah, that's when we became a consulting group for open source fashion. And we, we stayed that way for, for quite some time. And then, uh, and then we also, when we transitioned out of there, we became Mouth Media. So we really did uh, go through quite the transformation within yeah. the Stylytics office over yeah. there, and, and definitely owe a lot, a lot of gratitude towards uh, towards Rohan and his team over no there question. For, for supporting us. Huge, huge yeah. thank you to Rohan and his team for sure. And then we moved, like you said, Rob, over to Q Q Labs, yep. which was a co-working space, and in, in, was that in association with uh, Rebecca Minkoff's company? Well, it was or? downstairs from them. I don't know okay. if they're ever directly. Oh associated. my god, I remember. I completely that was the most beautiful that. space i've ever worked out of yeah and you know i, I remember they had uh, they had some sort of m&m mix i seem to remember that was, yes you know, but we i think we i think we had our collective uh too much of our portion of the allotted amount that was available to the entire place i think maybe i consumed i, I would but, like to call that growth growth stage within q yes yes <laughs> yes growth. I like, had, oh, they, they, I, they have extra desks. Let's fill I them know, up with people. I definitely had my growth stage based on those M&Ms. So anyway, uh, then and we, from there we went to Galvanize. And what I remember is they were still building the space. So we were so sure of our growth trajectory. We thought we needed two studios in the same space. And it was great. And we made great use of one of the two spaces well, and the reason we only used one of the two is we had trouble getting guests all the way down there. So that was where Voyager came in. And the reason you you remembered Voyager at the same time, um, we were in Voyager before Voyager existed. We were like the second person there. But then ultimately we ended up at, at Voyager and we got rid of our galvanized space uh, and built a more sizable studio on 25th Street. And this was a, uh, a space that was uh, a, a innovation hub, basically, uh, and co-working space for the travel industry or travel tech uh, industry. And, um, and we had a, a you know, travel is your business show. So there was an alignment there. And uh, it just ended up working out really beautifully. We were there for a few years, I believe, and um, until they closed. Uh, frankly, was the only reason we really ended up moving, and um, right before the pandemic, as a matter of fact. And then, uh, uh, but we built a beautiful studio in partnership with Sennheiser, and uh, and just had a lot of great experiences there. And then, right before the pandemic, we had to, you know, unpack our Voyager office because they were closing. We moved over to another, built another studio on on Broadway, right around the corner from Twenty Fifth Street just got it up i think we used it twice and then the quarantine happened 
and we never used it again. And, and a few months later, we, we tore it down and put it in storage and went and went virtual, completely virtual, uh, remote model, which scared me a little bit in the beginning. I didn't know if it would still work, you know, for what our model was. It was real. Our, everything we've been about, everybody has been about connections and relationship building, shaking hands, looking people in the eye, sharing a snack, all of those things. And uh, without those ingredients, can we still do this? And I will say that it shows the power of the conversation, of relationship building, and of, um, of giving people a mechanism to share their story is the most powerful part of the equation because that has survived. And we've been able to have access to people from all over the world that not just when they're in New York or we're at a, at a conference. And I would say that it's, it's worked very well. I want to point out that, you know, aside from there being a business and podcasts and adventures and travels and conferences and all spaces and, you know, studios and whatever, what have you, you know, we are people too. And through the six and a half years that we've been together, in addition to friendships that have come out of that, you know, as people, we've had a number of, um, we, we've built a business that at one time had as many as 40 hosts. Um, we, we've had many shows, many clients, but we've also, between the three of us had two weddings and three kids, you know, lives have grown and <laughs> literally grown and, uh, and, and been through many things over that time. Um, you know, yeah. Like, a lot of, a lot of understanding from our support system <laughs> is what I would like to call it. Is that what it is? Yep. <laughs> like, look, man, it, ta- it takes a village, right. To, to, to go down any sure. sort of endeavor and build something. And I, I think that there's a huge testament to, you know, uh, the families in our lives and the the strong folks behind us. So uh, definitely salute there. Uh, you know, and on that note, I don't want to choreograph anything here on your part, but I would like to, I would like to salute our respective wives also for, for being such great support systems and, and, and cheerleaders. And, and as you said, tolerating a lot over time, um, uh, my wife, Heather, uh, your wife, Diddy Pavin and, and your wife, Julie, Rob, all tremendous, uh, tremendous cheerleaders and support systems through the, through the years. And I just thought it was be nice to celebrate them for a second. Um, you know, other people that should be celebrated here uh, are our guests. We wouldn't have a show without the guests. It just doesn't, I think you'd only listen to us for so long. I don't know how far you've gotten this episode, but we couldn't sustain this for 386 episodes, just the three of us chatting. That's for sure. Um, and, you know, we mentioned guests like Damon John, um, but there've been some other episodes that really stuck out at me um and i'm interested with the two of you anyone that kind of comes up that has stood out in your minds uh over the years is i could play a quick uh game around robin with you go for yeah. it yeah no you want me to start or i can oh, start i can start because there's one that for pops up um so for me it's eSite. oh mm. um so uh we were up in boston yes um, interviewing up, up there mark and i went up there and we interviewed a wearable tech company that had a, a device that goes over your eyes and what they developed was a computer that could identify what remained of your retina and then it would beam light into it and it could get somebody with two percent or more of vision up yep. to 2020 yeah 
And it was just, it was a phenomenal technical conversation. And then we talked with the first person to wear one and the impact it had on her life. And she talked about things like seeing her kids for the first time and seeing her husband for the first time and, and just like relearning his facial um, expressions. And uh, one of the things that really struck home for me was the conversation about how um, she, she said something, despair is visual. Like it, in your voice, you hear anger but despair is registered on the face. And if you don't have both inputs, you don't know that. And so she was talking about how she saw that on her husband's face at the first time. It was just an incredibly moving interview. And also, you know, like hit home, you know, I'm on the autism spectrum and my wife is partially sighted. And it was just like having a conversation. She was talking about her son who's on the autism spectrum and yeah. her relationship with him for me it just it had a huge impact on my life and um also we were able to help them you know get the word out about this really cool tech yeah um anyone uh stand out for you other than damon john uh um yeah i mean there's several i mean i generally gravitate towards the ones where like you know i'm still very close friends with folks like uh like michael crooks right so beyond it being uh, recording with him several times as part of live live shows um, you know that was really when we were talking about you know insight like you know data-driven insights and marketing and stuff like that when he was over at Gucci I think that um, that for me was a moment where uh, I realized kind of the impact of like name brand names like so we we up until that point I think we were really talking deep technology deep strategy uh, and innovation, which is, of course, uh, have always been the backbone or the fabric of this show. Uh, but the the idea of getting a name like Gucci and to talk about innovation kind of, for me, switched kind of gears in terms of how we can uh, cast a broader net into um, the attractiveness of the show generally, because that, that show became... Um, just a catalyst for a whole different level of community that used to show up to our shows or continues yeah. to show up to our shows. So, you know, going back to like the, the, the principles of why we started or the goals to inherently kind of expand our network and, and, and build relationships. And then we had a company that was predicated on those relationships. It was really yeah. important for us to get in front of the, the C-level executive. And, and, and that was a, a really nice, way uh to to signal that um and then the i'd say that from from pulling on my heartstrings it was james ree um mm -hmm. and uh back to back with james ree and then also mindy grossman so james of ashley stewart at the time uh ceo and uh it's such an emp em empathetic and compassionate way of looking at his brand and expressing yeah. the mission behind uh well, having a brand of, go ahead yeah and and you know what stuck out for, yes, the the, em the empathy focus for sure. Everyone talks about um, being mindful and uh, empathetic these days, and you know those soft skills are going to be like the most important leadership qualities. But nobody was talking about that four years ago, five years ago. Very rare in conversation, and and that that was where he had um, really thrived. Uh, from and again, you can't make that stuff up. You can't force empathy. Um, so for for me, when I was listening to him and the way that he approached community. 
to a target market that he was completely foreign to when you when you say and when I say foreign, I mean, uh, from visually from, you know, being a male, first of all, that wasn't in the demographic of uh, of target client for Ashley Stewart. Uh, you know, he he really had to come to it with a, a great deal of uh, understanding, empathy, and uh, and community focus, and and he just he nailed it. Um, and that was the first time I really talked to someone that, uh, for me personally, coming from I feel a very similar mindset, uh, it really really hit home. And uh, and then and then moving over to to Mindy Grossman at the time she was over at HSNI, or you know now we came to know she was basically at the tail end of her tenure there of 10 years. Um, and, uh, you know, now she's over at WW formerly Weight Watchers, but you know, that, that recording with her and just kind of like learning about how she, uh, galvanized her community or her, her base of employees around transformational change. Uh, so what are the steps that you have to do to really get people that have been just kind of through the ringer before she came into HSN? I remember there was 10 CEOs uh, from the previous 10 years. So they had no consistency, no leadership, no direction. And she came in and the smallest thing that she did, which had the huge impact, was that she came in there, she gave a fresh coat of paint to everything, closed down the office and the, the campus for a week and upgraded everybody's furniture. Yep. Right? So seems seems simple, but think about that strategy of like, hey, no, this is going to be new. This is going to be fresh. We are going to take a fully new direction and approach to this company. And it starts with your comfort and thinking about you. And that allowed her to pass through all of the audacious plans that she had for HSNI. And, uh, you know, subsequently she was there for 10 years and, and, and made massive impact over there. So uh, it was exciting. And then you know, I got to record with her again on stage at Collision Conference, of course, part of Bellwether Culture uh, recording, but uh, that was a major stage, and we talked about transformational change again, how she was going to do it at mm-hmm. at WW. What a great list. Uh, you know, a few more pop out to me. Thank you, Pavan. Uh, one is, in no particular order, one is... Uh, the uh, the more than one time we had um, Dean Stephen Frumkin from FIT on the show. Uh, the first time was actually one of our earliest episodes, and we actually turned that. That was such a comprehensive episode. We turned that into a two-parter, if I remember correctly. Uh, this this gentleman who very sadly um, passed away over the last year from COVID um uh, he was such a nice man and so embedded in the fashion tech uh, community at a high level really knew people and he had really been around the block around the world um doing just incredible things but the kinds of stories that he told us uh that i remember at least for me just kind of opened my eyes in terms of what could be possible in in the tapestry of fashion technology around the world and the types of things that you think about. Um, I just remember that. And I remember also at the wear conference in San Francisco, maybe uh, we had him as a, uh, as a, a guest on the show again, or a guest host, maybe he came in and guest hosted one episode. with him. Yeah. yeah. And then I became friends with him and had dinner with him from time to time. So again, an example of people that you can meet on the show that can sort of, 
change your life a little bit. And, uh, and then another one was um, Marcy Allen and Taylor Bennett, a live show that we had. So Peer Space was the partner, but they are, of course, a marketplace for like event spaces, right? right. So we, we hosted in uh, East Village uh, sub- Subculture. 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 Yeah, subculture. That's right. What a great space that is. Yeah. Or was. I don't know if it still exists, but it was uh, – what a great – but uh, Marcy Allen, who's uh, uh, very successful at, uh, I believe – Music PR. Music PR. And Taylor Bennett who is Chance the Rapper's brother, but but has been carving out his own meaningful career. And it was the first show we ever had where we had, um, I, I think, uh, on off-the-cuff improv rapping. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I said in it, the yeah, show. I asked him to... Yeah, I asked him to, to throw some bars down. And that was that was another great, did. great live event. Didn't we have a... Um, an American Idol part- uh, contestant uh, do the opening, yes, do the opening, the, um, opening act, if you will. Yeah, yep, that yep. was really cool. And then uh, another one that stuck out at me was when we had Perva Gupta from Lily uh, do one of our what we called on air challenges where people could come on and would open themselves up to uh, uh, us and, and colleagues of ours, like uh, Elon Tito, for example, who were experts in certain areas. And and they, we would take a look at their business and 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 see if there were areas we could offer insights in, solutions, connections, and obviously learn about their business inside and out. And what was great is we were catching Perva and her business Lily right at an inflection point when it was about to explode. And right after that, it just kept winning awards after awards and recognition and just exploding into this business that's become a bit of a beacon for other businesses too i would say so i i just remember talking like talking with her because I, her business is about emotional intelligence and in, uh in ai right something like that yes correct yeah absolutely and uh and oh, by the way that that reminds me a comment that uh Pubbin made to me at one time when actually we were still at uh our galvanized space on oh, God. street and and Pubbin said hey mark um when you came into the show I mean, I will tell you, I knew nothing about business strategy, absolutely nothing about the fashion industry or fashion tech at all. That was part of my role other than producer was to be sort of the everyman, to ask the questions, you know, to not be like an insider. But after hundreds of interviews, you know, you can't help but absorb some of the information. My questions started becoming more and more thoughtful and informed. And eventually Pubbin took me aside and says something, I'm paraphrasing Pubbin, but something along the lines of like, you're doing a really good job, but I feel like we've lost some of the humor because it's like all meaningful questions now. It's like, you got to dumb it down. Yeah, I, th- I think I, I might've said we need to replace you. Yes. <laughs> Very wise words, by the way. You should have done it, really. I think it was um, way more eloquent. Yeah, like, uh, hey man, you're getting too smart for this shit. You got to go. <laughs> yep. And then uh, two other quick ones. One was um, when we had uh, Borns, the. Uh, yeah, Borns stuck out for me. Indie, indie uh, songwriter and performer Borns, uh, uh, still when his career was taking off, but a little earlier in his career. Yeah. And um, what I remember is he came in with his entire publicity entourage people from the record label, his publicist, his all this. And they all came in. And if I remember, they were all eating lunch at the same time, too. And he was eating lunch. And uh, we had our guest host, Julia McAllister, uh, on that show. And I remember that 
Borns could not have been more open as he sat there and ate his sushi, more open with us. But the thing that stood out to me the most is we were like, hey, could we use your music on the show? And and he was like, sure. And not a single person from the record label or the public publicity department or whatever, his publicist, any of his entourage, even remotely questioned that commitment on his part that it was fine. Uh, Wait, hold on. Yeah, hold on I, I, Are you saying we have an irrevocable lifetime uh, license yes. to all of his music? Uh, not all of his music. It was to a specific song, but yeah. Mark, I need you to 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 check the tapes, and yep. I also I would love it if you can layer that song into this recording. Thank you, if possible. If why possible. Not? Why not? I, I, afterwards, you were like, "Which person on his PR team approved I, this interview? <laughs> which one's getting fired after this? I don't know. I know exactly, but that was great. It was such a fun interview, and it was really great look at a way that. Uh, other um, art forms like music can really have a meaningful collaboration with the fashion industry and even fashion technology to help further the other art form. Uh, and certainly Borns has done that. That was fun. And then the last one, which you guys were not a part of this, but I had a chance to interview. And, and there's a reason why this stands out to me. Uh, Wayne Diamond. Uh, Wayne was a standout actor in the Adam Sandler uh, film uncut gems but he also uh is a, a, was a very very successful uh dress designer um in the disco days if you will and he's a very very wealthy man and he is someone that is staunchly anti-trump and staunchly opinionated and will say what's on his mind and i managed to get an interview with him and the relevance was that that he was a popular in the moment you know part of the zeitgeist, pop culture zeitgeist in the moment and i thought it might get us some attention but also i just want to see if i get an interview with the guy because he was so uh you know he he was controversial if you will in the types of things he said but he was also a, a very significant fashion mogul for a period of time but why i bring this up is i believe it is the only time in 386 episodes that we have edited out a significant portion of the interview and the reason that I edited it out is it was so over the top offensive and, uh, and politically direct that I felt it might get us in some trouble. And so on behalf of our company, Mouth Media, I made a decision that we actually should take part of this out. And I believe it is the only time in 386 episodes that we've ever edited a, a significant portion of an interview out on our own volition. Cause usually, sounds like a, sounds like a director's cut needs to come out I, on this one. The content still exists somewhere as right. well as by the way, our very first, our pilot, which no one has ever heard uh, particularly, I believe at Rob's urging, let's, <laughs> let's keep that for just for us, just for the scrapbook. But uh but anyway, you know, there's just so many other guests I'm sure we could talk about, but I think that's just a, a handful of, of standouts for us that have impacted us on different ways. Um, I got to tell you, for me, guys, uh, since this is my last official show as a host, sadly, it's emotional for me. Um, I want to say what a freaking ride it's been. What I could never have imagined when Rob first talked to me about the idea of doing this, where we could have gone with the show, 
literally and figuratively that we could have built a company out of this that has impacted I mean, has millions of downloads and has impacted people all over the world in one way or the other. I could never have imagined the people that we've gotten to meet and, and many of whom we've gotten to call friends, uh, the businesses we've been able to collaborate with and partner with, but also just the adventures with the two of you that we've gotten to have, the laughs, um, in some cases, the disagreements, but in most cases, the, just the great partnership along the, uh, along the way. Uh, and, and to, to be at this point, and be able to reflect back at such an incredible journey so far. Um, it's thank you guys. It's, it's been a, it's been a, thank you, Rob, for the invitation in the first place. Um, <laughs> it's what a, what an incredible thing. And, and, and I also like to, uh, say a special thank you to, uh, all of our guests who've been able to not just come on the show, but that have, have been willing to open themselves up to, sometimes really questions that have led to really interesting places, emotional places. Um, many times talking about their childhood and our off the grid questions um, and playing along with us as we spin the wheel of grid destiny. And, uh, and then um, I really want to thank our listeners. Uh, if there's anyone here that has been listening since the beginning, gosh, I can't thank you enough for being along for the ride. And I would love to invite everyone to jump on our social media um, at Mouth Media Network on Instagram, at Mouth Media Network on Facebook, but you can also come on at Fashion Biz Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Mouth Media Shows. Please uh, drop by social media, say hi, let us know what the show has meant to you. Uh, if there's a favorite guest, if you just want to say goodbye or hello. <laughs> or any any other comments we would love to hear from you that's my look back any any reflections from the two of you before we talk about what's ahead yeah i mean look on my side mark it's been a, a hell of a ride you've been the the glue that's been bonding us and in, in keeping us uh together for uh, several years and uh you know you you made mention that you've been the outsider voice or, or you know quite a few times but i'll say in you know you've been nothing but um the 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 personality that has really been the agent that's kept us all together so uh thank you can't imagine um you know the the show without your voice on it uh, and i hope that you're gonna return for many uh, guest appearances in the future but i'll say man uh, as as we reflected quite quite a ride to 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 say that um this has been impactful for me as a, a <laughs> crazy understatement so um we look forward to having you back on as a guest host uh, whenever the hell you want man um and uh yeah uh, thank you to the listeners thus far and you know of course we're going to have a, a journey ahead of us as well with uh, fashion is your business thanks uh not to put you on this uh, appreciate that Pavin, so much rob anything you want to say this has been such a fun journey and you know um developing this building it meeting all the people and then just getting to spend this much time with you, Mark, it's been amazing. And so it's, um, it's an interesting sort of uh, handoff for me. And so I'm, I'm excited to get back in the studio and back recording. And it's, it's been a while since I've done that. And um, it also was just like great to spend a final moment with you remembering everything that we've done. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, thanks, Rob. Yeah. 
Well, that is it for this episode and my final episode, possibly, of Fashion Is Your Business. I can't thank everybody enough for listening to the show and to this particular episode. It has been a great ride, and I'll miss you all and uh, miss you guys, too. Uh, Thank you all for listening. So maybe one final time for Rob Sanchez. Matt, y'all. And Pub and Ball. Shake it easy. I'm Mark Rako. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been Fashion Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2021. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at fashionisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. This is Mouth Media Network, audio for business.